Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Rachel Tucker. My name is Louise Damon. And you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. Today it's time to double the action and double the fun as we welcome the Witches of Oz that became global theatrical stars thanks to their top-tier belting and frankly hilarious nature. Not happy with banking nearly a thousand performances in the West End production collectively, one went off to star in the Broadway production, while the other stayed here and swapped a tiara for a broom, marking them the first person in the world to ever tackle both roles. With an Olivier nomination, solo albums, concert performances, cast albums, and every leading lady role that you could just about think of on their respective CVs, they've just one thing left to tick off their list, and that's record a podcast together. So let's do just that, as in their first joint podcast interview ever, let's talk Wiki witches, belting on Broadway, singing for the Queen, flying from London to New York to audition for Jenna in Waitress, and why they're both game for setting up Truckman Constructions if the calling happens. I promise it'll make sense by the time you've listened to this episode. We're in for quite the ride, so let's kick it off. Prepare for laughter and a little bit more laughter as the silliness goes to 100. It's the gorgeous Rachel Tucker and Louise Dearman together on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Just to let you know, due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, Rachel, Louise and I connected digitally together, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Okay, let's strap in as this is going to be quite something. Please help me welcome to the next episode. It's only Rachel Bloody Tucker and Louise Bloody Dearman. Can we get a woo <laughs> Hello. Hello, William Bloody Jay Conley. Oh, I love you two so much. This is going to be so much fun. I wish we could spend the next hour talking about all the things that have just happened, but that would take up another hour. So that can be our little secret. But, but thank you so much for being here. This is going to be so much fun. And we've got so much to talk about because you two are just this dream team of not only friends, but work colleagues as well. You've obviously done a certain show together. You've obviously worked in concerts together. So let's explore all that. Let's celebrate that. And let's probably get you to tell some embarrassing stories about each other as well. Absolutely. Thanks, <laughs> <Right>, Nathan. <laughs> 
there's also going to be just significant laughter in this as well so for like you know, like in a script it's like brackets laughs that's just what this is going to be I was trying to think what in the introduction I started with Rachel and then Louise so is it Rachel and Louise or is it Louise and Rachel it's like I know there's the Tuckman ship name as well what do I call you guys I think, well, yeah, Tuck, we're Tuckman a lot, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, it, I mean, I, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. It's no. Rachel, Louise, or Louise, or yeah. Rachel, and, and very, but very much Tuckman, I think. Only because, I mean, we didn't come up with that. The fans did mm. while we were doing a certain show, <laughs> um, but and, and it was cute and it was lovely and it went, and we kind of thought, oh yeah, that, you know, and the, any Elphaba and Glenda that plays opposite each other they kind of then from then on actually that became a thing but Tuckman is a pretty awesome one isn't it it just works <laughs> there's a company there's a there is a company or more than one called Tuckman like a probably construction or something that I see all the time like we've we've branched into construction it's not going it's not going so well during Covid <laughs> yeah but we're making loads of money in construction <laughs> Well, what would the alternative be? Like, so it'd be like, dear Ucker. Right? <laughs> Docker? Yeah. I, we have definitely had this conversation before. Docker. <laughs> Mantuck. I think that could stink. Oh. <laughs> no, I think Tuckman is a good one. I think it's a safe one as well. Yeah. yeah. There are, there's dangerous territory. Yeah. There so, okay, right. Let's just do Rachel and Louise. I feel like we've gone all the way back to the beginning. Rachel and Louise is... It's nice. It, it works. It's cute and it's practical as well. So, <laughs> first bit. Okay, we've got through the introduction and we've established names. So we're already halfway down the list of problems that we've managed to solve. Rachel, I wanted to say sort of congratulations and how are you feeling? Have you sort of come back down to earth after your rather special Twitter interaction this week? I know you've got a special follower. Was that oh, so- what about Lynn Manuel following the old Tucker? I did not know this. So I was. Excuse me for saying, filming an episode in Holby City this last week when uh, uh, very early, obviously with an American time, and the old woke up and there it was at four o'clock in the morning. Lynn Manuel Miranda is following Rachel Tucker. However, I did look into it and it's Lynn Manuel Miranda's team. <laughs> Still. It wouldn't necessarily be the man himself. But I have to say, I met Lynn a few times and this was because. Toss, toss. This was because last ship when I did it on Broadway was closing <laughs> as Hamilton was blooming. Oh. And we had the same producers. So our producers invited us to come and see. They were like, oh, yeah, come and see this new show. It's like Hamilton. It's a light. And we were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. OK, we'll come and see one of the previews at the public. Jaw drops to the floor. And then what had happened was, because they hadn't opened, the whole company, Lynn and himself included, who knew the lead, Michael Esper, they all had come to see Michael and it was the same producers and they had come to see Last Ship and we didn't know this. And and then when we were at Hamilton and we waited after the show to go, this is the best thing I've ever witnessed in my life. They were like, no, it's the cast of Last Ship. No. And we were like, shut up. I was like, he was like, oh my God, Rachel. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. And then I saw him in the street, like a couple of months later. I was like, hi, Rachel. I was like, what is my life? It's Lin-Manuel going, hi, across the street. So I don't think, I don't think he remembers me now, but I got a follow. So that's my Lin story. Nothing ever happens like that to me. The most famous person that follows me is Rachel Tucker. 
Do you know what I did? Speaking of followers, this is the cringiest thing you've ever heard. I go dip in and out of social media. I'm not very good. I'm a bit flaky with it. I'm either like really on it and like, yeah, ha ha ha, doing silly things and then posting a video of me singing and then I'm just on it. And then I disappear for a few weeks. And I disappeared for a little bit. And then I sort of checked in and I went, oh my God, I've like, I've got like an extra thousand followers. Straight popped on there straight away on my stories. Guys, thank you. So, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I can't believe it. I've gone past the set. I've gone past the 7,000 for other people out there who have like got their tens, 20, 30,000 plus. But this is great for me. Thank you so much. Cut to two hours later when they all just disappear. And apparently it's something to do with like robot algorithm. And then your, then your Instagram goes and it raises them all. So I was like, okay, we won't talk about the fact that it's gone back down again. So I don't get a Lynn story. What's your friend called from EastEnders? Samantha. Yeah. Samantha Womack. 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 You've got a couple of allies in your, in, on your team. I feel better, Rachel. I don't have a Lynn, do I? Louise, didn't you perform for the Queen? Yes, I did, and she's my friend. I mean, the Queen Lynn, that's pretty... I mean, they're probably the same, to be fair. Yeah, that was it. That was amazing and intense. Well, when was that? The Festival of Remembrance. Oh, I, which I saw, which was incredible. I mean, the press. What about, like, the national... Not the national anthem. You didn't sing the national anthem. Yeah, I sang the national anthem. You did, you did. Uh, yeah. In the most beautiful gown, and, like, like the voice of England, you were. That, I thought I was going to be sick. <laughs> Because I was so nervous. You know that feeling when it's slightly overwhelming? Surprise. Because there were, I think, I think, I might be making it up, I think it was 80 or 90,000 people oh. there. And the roar of a football, you know, stadium is really tribal. And I just remember my heart has never beat so, so hard. And it was a real moment of, oh, calm down. Yeah, get it together. We've got to get this right. It's quite important. Yeah. Um, you see, isn't that funny that you say that? That's the thing. And it's like no it's like any other show that we all put ourselves through. Right? Mm. Like you I we wouldn't go on any other concert you and I go on, you can mess this up because yeah. it's only you you still go, don't mess this up. Yeah. But the pressure that we go, like it's a, like a mental thing that you go, like the Queen's watching or like Lynn Manuel's watching, or you know. That yeah. that and it's and it's a psychological battle that I think we all you know once you get to the grips of that once you kind of go w- when you rationalise it and you go listen a, sh- a theatre's a theatre's a theatre same thing on Broadway like you know like you kind of dream like a dream making it on Broadway and I remember literally shaking and going but what are you shaking for it's yeah, a it's a theatre yeah. It doesn't matter where it is. Yeah, it could be yeah. a fringe theatre in Penge here, or the Southwark, or it's like it's still an. You've still got to prove your 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 stuff to an audience. Mm, we just build it up, don't we? As Rachel, were you the same on the anniversary performance at Wicked? Then were you sort of like, oh, I just want to enjoy it, or were you like, holy shit, there's a lot of people here? Um, which one? <laughs> the tenth, the tenth anniversary one. Tenth anniversary. It was a bit much. Yeah, I remember. Lou, tell yeah. William what I said to you in the car door, and then I'll say after. About what? In, in the tent, when we saw in the car, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fat, I'm absolutely, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, you nervous? I was like, no, no. No, she was at, like absolutely like, no, not at all. It's like, I've done this so many times. But it, you said afterwards that it was absolutely all a front, even to me, just to say, I have to say it's absolutely fine, because if I don't, I will freak out so much that it will completely take over my performance. I need to just be like... I'm absolutely fine. Of course, I know this show inside out. I live and breathe it every day. I know what I'm doing. Absolutely fine. It's going to be fun. I remember going, no, I can't wait. I was 
petrified. Mm, like beyond. And the producers came around, they were like tentatively knocking on the door at the time. They were like, hi, Rachel. Like, you know, usually they just come in and say, and they're like, how you doing? I was like, fine, come on in, come on in. I was, I had never, I was never more scared in my life. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a big one. But I had to 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 make everyone else feel yeah. everything was going to be fine. I had already started acting. Yeah. What were you scared of, though? Was it the fact there were former cast members there because you knew the fans want something from you? Those two things. And um, Stephen Schwartz hadn't watched the London production cast since he put it in 10 years earlier. So he was there in the audience that night and I had just come off doing it from America. So I... I was still trying to come down from an American accent to an English accent again. And for me, because I'm Irish, the American accent's easier than it is for an English, uh, my English accent. So at the, uh, uh, for, for like three weeks, I was still going, the wizard! And <laughs> So I had to, I remember going, come on, make it sound English. And there was a bit of pressure that way. Also, the staging was slightly different. It was, there was the, just, there was a couple of things that you have to deal with in the moment on the stage on that night that you kind of go I have to like if if I've been given a note from the, the the director and if I remember it in that moment I will do it see if I don't I have to forget about it because yeah. there was too much else going on because I guess you had it sort of you were doing it backwards in a way because obviously you have your Irish accent and you were trying to do an English accent but then you were do then doing you learned it in an English accent, but then you were doing an American accent yeah. and then you were coming back as an Irish accent doing an English. Yeah. I mean, even I'm confused. How do you I'm even a, do I'm, that? You just, you try your best. If, you, if you're, I'm, I'm quite good at, I'm good enough at accents to kind of, I've lived in London enough to kind of go, you know, it's not best RP accent, but you know, it, it, it passes, I think. And it was just the fact that I'd done it for a year, like in American and it just had to kind of change my tone and ear and it was the the action the scenes were okay it was actually the songs that I couldn't oh. stop singing in American mm. yeah it's interesting because um, I thought that on that 10th anniversary you adopted for a Welsh Elphaba bar. I almost choked him out genius it's interesting you say that because for me I'm just like oh my god who cares if there's Americanisms or there's an accent in there it's like and I wish that it's, it's always the way, isn't it? When you're sat in the audience, you want the person, you want your friend on stage to feel the support and the warmth that you are amongst. And you just want to transfer that and, and make that person understand that <laughs> I know the fear you are feeling. I know and I would be 20 times worse, but I wish that you could feel the buzz down here and you could walk on stage and fart and everyone would just be like, yeah! Yes, come on it was just incredible so no, and also, there was also like the, oh, any ex who had ever played oh, the role everyone. America or London were invited yeah. and then we all got up at the end didn't we which was just I was scared about doing that I was like don't make me go up on the stage imagine if you're the one no one claps <gasps> that was the fear I was like great I think I was like on after Kerry or something and I was like oh brilliant and then there's and then there's Lou Dearman who's the only one that's done both roles and she's a bit shy about getting up Oh, it's just, I, mean, I hate all that. I hate it. I hate it. Louise, I think it's fair to say that Rachel on that evening was, what would you say, moderate to average? I think it's a relatively fair performance um, assessment. Yeah, right? moderate well, to well, average. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of thing of, uh, you know, just sheer pride. I don't want to talk about Wicked too much, but it has brought you both together. Yeah. But did you guys know each other before Wicked? Were you friends there, I guess? So when did you first become 
the unofficial Tuckman before we made it official with t-shirts and stuff. We did So Jest Ends together, which for anybody who doesn't know is like a, a bit of a mock-up, a, a Mickey take of all the musicals and sometimes characters and sometimes performers. Not done in a nasty way or anything, but it's just hilariously funny, written by Gary Lake. And Within that, we played, I was Glinda and Rachel's Alpha Bow did this whole thing. And weirdly, uh, singing Defying Gravity and all the lead up into that, Glinda takes over at the end and completely takes over and starts singing it. Um, And that's where we met and became friends. So when we got to auditioning and obviously weren't really talking, so you're not supposed to talk about it. Um, And obviously when you get cast, you're not supposed to mention it until the official announcement. But of course, like when it, when we got offered it and before it was announced, there's the, have you, uh, you've been offered anything recently to, uh, in the West End sort of thing? It was just like, it was nuts. So yeah, that's when we met. I think that was, that was like a year before. Exactly a year before, that's right. Yeah. And then 2010, we went into the show. Um, and nuts. we literally played, so she was taking the piss from off Glinda and I was Elphaba. And then she clicks over and then Lou actually went and did both <laughs> <laughs> and that was never all, before, and all before we knew you know we were in for it, it was not some call it talent i guess others might call it greedy perhaps but you know <laughs> <laughs> greedy incredibly yeah. at least she was good you know how how awful oh, would it be oh. if you were shit and we were like oh, was uh what about green with envy she had to go and play the goal Oh. Oh. <laughs> I feel a bit like I've said this to Rachel before, but I feel a bit like Elphaba didn't happen. That's a bit of a blur to me. It feels like it didn't happen. It feels like a bit of a dream. It's not as real as Glinda for me. Just crazy. Do you think that's but, because you enjoyed Glinda more because of perhaps slightly less pressure or? By saying this, what I'm not saying is that I didn't enjoy playing Elphaba or that I'm not massively grateful, of course. But being honest, Glinda suited me better. It was just more me as an actor, as a as a vocalist. It did, and I would I I didn't ask to audition for Alphabet. It was the creative team and the producers that came to me and said, "We're in auditions. We know you outside of the show. We've seen your concerts. Do you want to come in and audition?" And I didn't jump at that chance because I thought, listen, I've watched Rachel up there doing it, and of course, it's crossed my mind that I'd love to give that a go, but. God, I'd never have the confidence to think I could do it. Mm. I knew that it would it was not naturally in my voice and it would take quite some work to achieve that. And it felt like I was constantly working as Alphabet to try and achieve that. Whereas with Glinda, I was just a lot more yeah. confident in what I had and what I had to offer as a performer and confident in myself. And yeah, that, and, and like you say, there is a sisterhood and every single Alphabet will say, yes, there is a, so much pressure mm. It's such a demanding, brilliant, beautiful role. Of course it is. But there is a lot of pressure on, you know, our shoulders and, you know, the comparisons which drive me nuts. It's like we were all cast because we brought something different and it's not about imitating the person that played it before. And that took me a long time to get my head around because I felt like I did have to imitate and I did have to be what everyone else wanted me to be. And it it took a vocal coach to say, can you please stop trying to manipulate your voice to sound like somebody else and please sing it like you because you've been cast because of your voice. So it took for someone to literally say that and give me a little bit of a um, slap and just say, come on, take, take, oh, oh, 
you know, take ownership over this. But of course I loved it. Of course I did. Rachel, I could see you nodding throughout that. Was it, it's just, it, it, it fascinates me that, you know, like I couldn't go and just, you know, I couldn't go and play Glinda. And I think Lou, I think she's so much, a much harder critic than anyone else out there who saw her play Alpha Wood. No one would have an inkling <laughs> about her voice and that she'd be oh what she's oh she'd be better she'd be a better Glinda she and, and that's the thing us performers we are the hardest critics on ourselves yeah and you know and Lou, you, you, I think over time and looking back you probably went you've probably you know I think now you'd say to yourself you know I wouldn't be as hard on myself about it because yeah and the minute you realize you don't imitate somebody else you, you, you know and you give what you have mm. you know and you know the amount of times you know, I, I just and I, I watched Louis Alphabet and I was blown away I couldn't I remember thinking when I watched Lou she made me doubt myself when I watched her Alphabet and Lou's like whatever right now on the screen but this is the thing Lou in the moment mm. when you're live and you're in that Alphabet and you were you were being her as like as absolute as you could be you to, you convinced me so it's yourself that I think that that makes you go oh god yeah you know, and, you know it's and it, so we don't see your internal monologue and your internal kind of like ah but actually so and yeah I, I just I just I just have to give Lou credit for more, more than I think that she gives herself credit for because she she blew me away and I actually remember thinking I was I watched it with Julie Legrand me and she was our Madame Morrible came back and watched Lou and we cried Lou, like her vulnerability Lou's kind of just because I know Lou the way I do her heart is the size of her body and she commands do it for people <laughs> right now thanks Covid <laughs> And she could, you know, she can't do nothing. People, and you just saw this level, but you just wanted to go up and squeeze and hug and go. It's gonna be okay, I swear. Cried <laughs> so hard, and then she sings the way she sings, and you go. I just, I, it just baffles me that she feels that way, the way her in her her brain, because it was incredible. I love you. That was a love fest. I do fancy you. I know you do. <laughs> I'll be cutting that bit out. That's gross. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. I will love it. <laughs> Hopefully by the end, Louise, you did, you felt comfortable and happy with what you delivered. Hopefully that chapter, you look back and think, yeah, I did that, you know, and I'm proud of myself for doing that. Oh, I mean, I mean I'm not sure I look back and go, yeah, I delivered. But, but I definitely I'm amazing. Back and say I'm like, I am so, so proud that I got that opportunity. And I can say that I did that. That is still amazing to me. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, just to finish that, see when I was doing it on Broadway. So my um, Nessa Rose and Bok used to come in to me and used to ask me questions about Louise Dearman. Like they were fanning all over and the Glinda. She was like, so see when she goes and, and they would do this bit. You have no idea in America the kind of following and love. And they're like, no, but how can she do both? Because she's fantastic. She's, Louise has no idea the amount of questions I got asked about her and her voice and how she can do both. My nut, God, no. I need to get out there, don't I? 54 Below will do a lovely cabaret. Get all the casting people in and become a Broadway star. Star. I'd love it. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a very competitive person by nature. And so it's it's really odd. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. I I I'm not very good at going. 
I'm going to do this and let's do this and go and do that. And I can achieve that. I'm just really rubbish. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just stay at home. See what happens. See what comes my way. Cup of tea. Yeah, with that oh. attitude, I don't think you're going to get far. But yeah, good <laughs> luck. It's, do- it's, do- it's done her okay so far. <laughs> it's not done me bad, but I've just been terrible at that. Terrible. But Lou, you're, you're so genuine. And I think I and people like so attracted to you because of that as well. You're so genuine. Nothing. I'm not. I just mean you're. It's so. It's you're. It's so innate in you. Louise, was your first experience in terms of sort of like that fandom bubble? Because we sort of talk about how I'm going to say obsessed, but I mean that in a very polite way. The wicked fans are. But was that your? Was when you were in Evita the first time you sort of experienced that core fandom that sort of followed you through lots of other things, or did it happen with other shows? Not to the extent that Wicked did. Um, I had I have lots of wonderful, lovely fans that followed me because I did a lot of touring in yeah. my early career. You know, lots of big roles in small shows and small roles in bigger shows and just did a lot of touring in my 20s. And I had lots of fans who would kind of follow me around from, you know, different show to show. Um, but Wicked changed things up. I wasn't as aware of it, let's say, with, with the other shows. There would be people who would maybe you know, wait at stage door afterwards to say hello and, and get their program signed. But yeah, Wicked was a whole new world as far as the the fan base and their loyalty and support. When you'd have like the queues of people outside the stage door afterwards and you're kind of looking over your shoulder thinking, who, who are you waiting for? It's, it's <laughs> still makes me think, wow, um, you waiting for me? Oh my God. <laughs> I would just be yeah. so nervous leaving the theatre because I know I'd look like shit having either been green or blonde. And then 400 <laughs> people want your picture. Oh, like, no, no, get lost. No, oh, no, it is lovely. I mean, it's, I always seem to live miles away and always rushing for a train and trying to be really polite and say hi to everybody and not be rude, but also thinking, if I miss this train, I'm literally not getting home no, until no. one in the morning. Rachel, was it the same for you in... New York. I mean, I'll, I want to talk about Come From Away in a second, but in terms of Last Ship, Come From Away or Wicked, was was it surprising, if that's the right word, when you have, you know, armies of fans and people that want to see not just the shows that you're in, the roles that you're playing, but they want to see you as the individual, the person who yeah. obviously has made a living and made a name on the other side of the pond rather a long way away. It's funny. There was definitely a, like at the Wicked Stage Show on Broadway, there, there were, um, it depended what night it was, but there were fans. And But unlike London, I have never seen that because the regulars that we had coming over time and time and time again, I think Louise and I, we both did, I think, two contracts together and I stayed for an extra one. So by the end of that third year for me, the amount of people that knew I was still there were like, I want to come back and see it again. You know, so the regularity of those fans was not the same as in New York because New York, it seems, I think the ticket price is higher and it's definitely more tourists in and out of the city. You know, the, 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 there wasn't so much regular fans at Wicked Stage Door. Um, if any, really, I don't really remember the same the way Lou and I had. Maybe it's because Wicked London was a bit newer than, than Broadway, it had been there maybe five years, four, four or five years more than that. Maybe that's why I'm not sure. But I, 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 I just I, I think it's um, I, I love it. But like Lou says, you know, it gets to the point where you're like, you know, it's it is our jobs and we come out and it's part of you kind of the fans really want to see you as an individual outside of the character because a they want to see what you're like. And it's funny. 
I remember watching Adina Menzel from the front row in London, Victoria. And I wanted to see what the person was like outside of the character. I remember going, it's really important to me to see what she is like at stage door. And I don't know why I needed that. I was like, come on, let's go. And I was like, no, I need to see her. I don't know why. But I remember, I remember her like not wanting photographs, not wanting like, and I, I remember going, wow, that's pretty, that's, that shocked me. I was going, she's really not spending time with the people at stage door. But then having done the role, you go, you know, it's exhausting, the role itself and just being there every day. And and then to come out to stage door to then put another face on it and go, hi, guys, thanks for waiting. And it's really tiring. Mm. So some nights I, I I definitely for one, I don't know about Lou, but I used to go out the back door when I just like or or, or I would have been rude to people at stage door. Mm-hmm. So I remember having to go, there has to be a cutoff point for me. I either go out and put a face on it and go, thanks a million, da, 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 and spend a bit of time with the fans, or else I go out the back door. It's really weird because you kind of, like you say, you appreciate that part of it is part of your job. But I remember, and she won't mind me saying this because I actually asked her once, I said, I mentioned you in a podcast and I just want to check that you're okay with this. And if it's not okay, then I asked them to edit it. She was like, absolutely fine. But Carrie Hope Fletcher articulated it really beautifully on social media once saying, I need to say this because I've been so badly spoken to and treated once being chased down the street by someone saying you should be disgusted with yourself we you know we've waited out here to see you and she just said it's it's I appreciate that you're doing that but it's you have to accept it is our job and basically when we are going through that stage door or leaving we are going into the office or leaving the office and we're also human beings we might feel sick we might feel run down there might be something personal going on and after playing an exhausting role um you just want to go home and that might seem really harsh and it's not you know you know unappreciated unappreciating our fans is, is that even a word that sounds really weird coming out of my mouth yeah. yeah it's not that it's um we are just human beings we are mm-hmm. not robots mm-hmm. and and also the the danger is sometimes you'd be out there for sometimes 10 minutes sometimes 20 minutes sometimes half an hour and it just it just ties you out even more so it's just trying to make people understand of course I'll say hi tell you who was like brilliant at this Patrick Swayze so when I worked with Patrick in Guys and Dolls in London like superstar mega star the most beautiful generous human being um and everything everything that you hope your idol would be and you know there would be crowds of people outside that theater every night and he would go out to stage door and he would stand and chat and say you know hi thank you so much for coming i'm loving it here in london i i won't do photos and sit because he said obviously look at you all thank you so much but we'll be here all night but i want to say i appreciate you i really hope you enjoyed it and it just shows people that there is an appreciation there and he respects that, but also he's at home and he's just done a show. And if he stands out there and gives everybody the same amount of time, you're going to be there for hours. And it's really hard. It's a hard yeah. thing to get your head around. Um, and I battle with it definitely because I just constantly fear I'm being rude. <laughs> you know, it's awful. And also who wants to spend 10, 20, 30 minutes outside Wicked of Victoria when there's a McDonald's in Victoria station like hello? Yeah. Can we talk about the McDonald's in Victoria? The smells used to come through our windows. I want 20 chicken nuggets and a train ride home. You can start your <laughs> programme. 
and a, a, and a pint of red. Thank you. <laughs> a pint. <laughs> Tucky, you said that out loud. You know that, in right? A plastic, in a plastic pint glass. You might as well. You might as well. It saves you going back for more. <laughs> We were talking about Twitter and social media, but you know, you created a little bit of a Twitter storm this week in a good way when you posted, I think someone commented, I think you posted on your TikTok about Jenna from Waitress and you replied saying, I auditioned for it. And then my Twitter feed was literally like, Rachel Tucker wanted to be Jenna. And then I was like, oh, where's this from? And then obviously I looked into it a bit more because I think because you posted the video as well, people dared to dream what that might be like. What video? How have I missed this? How have I missed this? It's on that youthful app called TikTok. I'm very new to it. I only follow Rachel Tucker and about three dog accounts. But did you sing something? What what happened? Uh, William, can you explain a bit more? I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. I think it's a video from your concert in New York where you sang and you put an extract of She Used To Be Mine. And I think a fan was like, you should play it. And I think you said, I tried. So I was doing Wicked 10 in, in London. And the uh, lovely Jessie Muller was leaving and they asked me to come and audition for, for taking over for her. I did a self-tape and they were like, oh, we'd really love you to be in the room because this is, this is, this is lovely, but would actually, you know, you've a better chance if you, so I was like, okay, hold the phone. Um, Wicked London, I have a possible <laughs> audition. Can I have a three-day holiday in, in December? <laughs> and they were like, um, this is a bit hard for us. I was like, yeah, bye. Went to New York to audition. Had a lovely time, lovely audition. And that was it. No, didn't, didn't hear, didn't get, didn't, nope. Uh, lovely, whoever took over from thing, but nice feedback. It was kind of a recall. It was nice, but no, didn't, didn't, didn't meet the standard, whatever Join that. Join the club. Join the club, Luke. <laughs> and this is the thing, you know, people think, oh, well, surely you just would all just get offered it or, Mm-mm. and you don't, you know, like I am not the perfect fit for Jenna. I mean, some people might think that or Lou or, but actually it's not up to us. No. I mean, my dream role was always Alphabet. Things aligned and it all came together at the right time, the right moment, the right year, the right, everything happened for me. But it wasn't, it wasn't just to do with my talent. It was to do with timing and who had just left and, you know, my age. And, like, it, it's so incrementally ju- the justs of, of, of a line. So it, it's not what, what it takes to get a role. And also as well, I think just because you don't get a role doesn't mean you couldn't do it, can't That's do it. True. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a bigger, it's a much bigger conversation, as I'm sure you both know sort of very well. But it's it was just an interesting comment how so many people are obviously just dreaming and fantasizing. Because I spoke to um, Casey Levy and she said the exact same thing. Same she thing. Was like, I've been in for it. I know I could sing it, but it just wasn't my time. And she <laughs> sort of said maybe one day. And I love this idea that maybe it will happen or in another lifetime or mm-hmm. that's actually a life from the show. But, you know, it's like maybe. Yeah. Rachel, let's talk about Come From Away because it was the last job that you were doing on that famous place called Broadway just before COVID-19 happened. So I think you were literally, you'd literally just started. I remember watching some of the vlogs that you were putting up online and you were sort of doing the rehearsal process. So COVID-19 stopped that. But is there a plan for you to continue that journey in any capacity or is that perhaps the end of that chapter? No, absolutely. And um, uh, we, yes, we have been in contact with... um, come from where the, the management and stuff recently and the the, the job 
I believe is there for me whenever it reopens. And I think that goes as, as far as the Broadway company as it was left is that's that's the the deal. I mean, there's I don't think there's any reason for I mean, I had 10 shows to prove them that I couldn't do it on Broadway. But I think I've, I think I proved it. OK, but no. I, um, yeah. I, so I'd done 10 shows. Honestly, well, I was just finding my feet again because I would had a three week break off from from doing it in London. And I fitted in a higher queen, managed to fit that in. And then, and and I actually believe I had COVID. I was massively under, under, um, just under when I started, I, I believe, in, in New York. And I remember coming off every night going, oh, God, that's, that's such a struggle. My throat, my voice. And I bet you the, the company were all thinking of, you know, they've got this, you know, somebody over to, 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 to step in for the captain and she's moaning about her voice every night. I was like... But I wasn't right. My voice yeah. and throat and feeling body wasn't, I hadn't recovered. When when we got our notice and they were like, they literally said, clear your dressing rooms out. We'll see you in a month. Go and fly, Rachel, fly back to London. I'll see you in a month. And I was like, and I actually didn't clear my dressing room out. It's the same. I haven't touched it. <laughs> and yeah, so I was very happy to not do anything for a while because I was exhausted. But yes, the job should be, we hope be there for me when we open back that's that's and i can't wait i really can't wait i miss it so much oh it seems so brilliant it's such a brilliant show yeah. and the best things i've ever seen and, and andrew my partner andrew was just literally like he just said that is one of the best things i have ever seen let's go again and you know he likes theater because i'm in it but he's not a theater goer but it was just like that was i think he actually said that was mint <laughs> <laughs> which is good which is really good guys also, I never knew that there could be so much sort of drama in sitting on a chair. I mean, every time I sit on a chair now, I'm like, right, I am Rachel Tucker. Like, <laughs> I'm on a plane. Oh, would that be nice? <laughs> sitting on a chair and going, I'm on a plane to Spain. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, most of my friends love theatre, so we have this sort of little in-joke, which is probably going to absolutely bomb trying to explain it to you. But <laughs> we, I've got videos of me going on aeroplanes. You know the lyric that's like, ladies and gentlemen, put your seat backs. And I just love that lyric. It's just funny. <laughs> So every time I'm on a plane, I'm like, right, let's do it. And it, it's just enjoyable. I, I, I actually went to try and help you there with that lyric. And I actually can't remember. It. <laughs> cool. Contract but that is not, Good luck. <laughs> but that is not a surprise. Ladies and gentlemen, put your seat back and tray table up. There we go. <laughs> also, I feel like I need to just point out, you know, when you said to prove yourself 10 performances... Yeah, what was that all about? Yeah. yeah, you have an Olivier nomination for this role. You don't need I to prove know. shit. Like I've just said about Louis, we all do, we all just go, ah, I know, but... Uh, oh, uh, yes. Okay, so you were saying that you felt you needed to prove yourself, not that you were proving yourself because they'd said, well, this is a bit of a trial run. Yeah, no, no, Oh, I no. see. Yeah. Okay, okay, just clear that one up. Okay, lovely. Okay. No, no, no. It was definitely not a trial run. Mm, but I was yeah. like, you know, they've just flown me over and there she is and they're like yeah. and I'm like oh me and this guy <laughs> I just felt it was such an effort and um, for the for 10 shows and I felt like I wasn't on form yeah. I remember you sending me a photo of you with that like breathe oxygen mask on yeah. and I was like what how am I doing 10 shows or how am I only doing 10 shows and I've got like a steamer on my face yeah so I just needed a break is really what I needed well, you've had one. <laughs> Get back. Come on. Come on. Get on that fucking stage. <laughs> Louise, it's about sort of just quarter past nine now, so I'm very conscious of time. So it's obviously soon to be bedtime, which is <laughs> the best segue. <laughs> 
come on, it works. Oh, Into... I didn't even see where you were going then. I was like, Hold on. I'm like, here we go. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, every, every, everybody, Lou takes a, a nap, like, like Lou goes to bed for nine o'clock. That's what that is. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> well, she goes to bed to listen to herself. Can you imagine <laughs> if you were like, just going to pop in Louise hmm. Dearman? Andrew, up? shush, I'm just going to listen, listen to my podcast. <laughs> it's so amazing. And obviously, you, we were talking before about the fact that you actually created this project in lockdown you sort of finished it off and released it to the world during this time well finished it we started it just before it's taken so long because I thought about it when I had Willow I thought I'd love to do an alibis album then just didn't do it typical me of just having this little idea at the back of my head and not cracking on and doing it Um, and then I think it was like maybe six months before lockdown I spoke to Ben Robbins who produced the album who's produced many of my albums and he was up for doing it and I said I've got a real idea for it I don't want it to just be twee little lullabies I want you know, adults to enjoy it, people who have kids, people who don't. I want the little sounds in between the songs to relax people, all of that. Then lockdown happened and we kind of said, well, that's that for a little while then. And then I sort of went, no, it's not because I've got all the gear. No idea. You know, we can do this. And we finished it and just went ahead and did it. And it was hard because it's the first album we'd just done all ourselves. But I was really, really proud of it. And it's just something a bit different. And it's another thing, I think, to escape the the fear and the boredom and all these things that we feel, uh, the panic, anxiety of what COVID's done to us all, just to have a, a focus. It was like therapy for me. It was brilliant. <laughs> And was an excuse to test out your daughter's vocals. Rachel heard her singing. She and it's always into the unknown. And it's really I mean, that girl's got some lungs on her. And she just really goes for it. And I'm like, you've got a real like the belt is open, it's forward, it's twangy. Teach me, mate, because I can't do that. But not many people know, right near the end of the album, there's like um sort of little interlude bit, and really faintly in the back you hear her not singing but saying good night mama I love you and it's just kind of on a little loop and you can't you can if you know it's there you'll hear it good night mama I lust you she loves to sing along she's always singing to Rachel um on FaceTime Yachel <laughs> Yachel so I if I adore Louise Darren's voice notes I I keep because Louise will be like, oh, business, business, Rachel, so listen, it's this, it's this, and all the years, yeah, today I, and like, she is absolutely t- really trying to make me hear her, like, <laughs> knows it's me, and she goes, yeah, yeah, Joe, yeah, and I, she is this so, I cannot get over how sweet she is. She's she is, and, she, and her voice is fantastic. It's very funny because she gets all the like emotions, she's like, I can hear you, but I don't. Or whispered, some lick trouble, what others don't. And the God, the role play. I mean, it's testing my acting bones or what. I'm every, every freaking day. I'm Anna. Never get to play Elsa. And if I do, I have to frozen her. That's it. She's like, Mama, frozen me. I'm like, frozen. And she drops on the floor. And then I've got to take her to the trolls. It's relentless. But do you know what? It's the only opportunity I'll ever get to be in Frozen. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'm just not getting paid. Frozen. And, and Ben was the opposite. Like I, I can't get Ben to sing. He wouldn't act a thing out. Nothing. I put musicals on. He's like, turn that off. Well, Willow no. was like, "Mummy, please no." When I used to sing, when she was smaller, <laughs> she's like, "Mummy, no, please no." Like really getting genuinely upset. I'm like, people pay. 
But it's now funny. she quite enjoys it. And sometimes she says, Mama, can you put on my album? Because she knows it was all about her. Because Ben is on in Small Bump, right? So and he do, he's a little gig, a little giggle that we put in because I was pregnant with him when I was doing the album and then he I bore him and then <laughs> and then I was like three months finishing it off and so we, yeah we put a little giggle at the end of Small Bump yeah there are so many other different roles and, and shows concerts people that you both know I mean it's we could literally do 10 of these podcasts well like we should do a literally do a Tuckman series I could we could make some, maybe we could make some good money out of this maybe we could be millionaires by the end of the week but I want to play a little bit of a game Louise I'm going to put you in the waiting room which is so brutal because I'm going to ask Rachel some questions about you and then I'm going to invite you back it's basically Mr and Mrs but we're going oh, to do no, this is going to be awful okay my memory well, I didn't even know she had brothers exactly I was gonna say <laughs> Okay, so let me see if I can do this. Please don't leave. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> Put in waiting room. I love this. This is brilliant. Okay, Rachel Tucker, let's see how much mischief we can cause now. So what is Louise's favourite song to sing in Wicked? I was going to say popular, but I actually think, I think she would say, I think because I'm here, <laughs> not because I'm here, but I think she might, because it's us, I think she might say for good because of our relationship. But if she was thinking more individually for herself, I think the song that she really adored singing was the opening of Act Two. And I'm not sure of the name of it, but you know the... Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank you. Thank you, William. So when it's not about me, I don't know any information, as you can tell. I used to watch Louise from the side of the wings and just watch that girl soar in fact wicked broadway that was the questions that my my glinda over there used to ask me she's like when she sings a certain note she's anyway i think she would say she enjoyed the most singing thank goodness she may say popular but i think she'll say for good <laughs> <laughs> hmm, let's see i bet she, i bet she picks a completely different song yeah i but she's gonna say as long as you're mine, isn't she? When she played Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not that girl. <laughs> okay, the next question. What is the one habit that you have she thinks is funniest? What's the funniest thing that you do that she'll say? Like Lou's known, and maybe for her comedy chops a bit more. But when we're together and specifically off camera, like I, I know I make Lou laugh a lot. I think she'll say I'm funny. I think she, I'll say she makes me laugh. I make her laugh. But I'm not sure as a habit what I would do. I can't see my habits. Do you know what I mean? It's hard. Yeah. It's a really hard one to... Maybe we'll do comedy because that's if that's one thing you think she likes, maybe that would be I the think, first thing. Yeah. I think she'll I think she'll say something like she she makes me how She makes me yeah. laugh. Not that I think I'm dead funny. <laughs> funny when you get like a chemistry like Louise Dearman and I, we just, we just click and we make each other like click and bond and, and, and th whether that's laughter or whether that's like singing together the way we do, it's just, it's, it's a mixture of things. So she, I think she might say laugh. What's the one role that you think Louise would still like to play? Probably Jenna and Waitress. And she absolutely should and could. Um, because we mentioned it there, but, but also, like, I, th I think currently, absolutely, Jenna and Waitress or um, the mom and Dear Evan Hansen. This one is going to be dangerous, so let's see how we get on with this one. What would be the three words that you would use to describe yourself 
that you think when I say to Louise, how would you describe Rachel? She'll say. Oh my God, these are hard. Um, she would say, I think she'll say generous. This is what I would like to think Lou would say as well. Generous, funny and caring. Let's see if we can get her back and let's see. Admit. What is happening? Okay, I hope your ears were burning because we were talking about you a lot. Don't worry, there's nothing bitchy. Like, what's the one thing you hate about Louise? That's none of that. <laughs> oh, we ain't got all day. <laughs> it's a short podcast. Okay, let's start nice and easy. What does Rachel think your favourite song to sing in Wicked is? Ah, uh, the toss-up between For Good and Popular. Bang on. Oh, did she say both? She said both. Boom. But I also said, if she was thinking, because she always thinks about her, about somebody else, if she was thinking individually, what would your favourite song be? What did you absolutely adore singing? I'm going to get it wrong, I know, but no good deed. No? Popular then. Oh, here we go with the words and the dubbers. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> As in, like, get it right. You st- oh, I remember it, that taking a long time to get the top everything right but I love yeah I love singing it but I, I I'd say popular as Glinda and no good deed is Elphaba but for good was always a special one yeah. we do it now and we get all teary don't we terrible it's, it is it's it's emotional like Louise what is Rachel's funniest habit I'm hoping this is you it's absolutely cracking up at sneezes that is you isn't it it's me but it's not that. Oh my God. I she see, finds I, I, sneezes absolutely hilarious. So if someone does it in the audience, that is it. Like, how can you find a sneeze so funny? She's gone. But funniest habit. No, 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 that is, that's a really good one. I wouldn't have said that because I don't remember that I do that. But I think that's the, the, as in like the funniest thing to me is that you find that so funny. The goat in, in Wicked at one point had to sneeze inside his mask. <laughs> I could not finish the Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dillamond. I was like, Dr. Dillamond. So every time Stuart Ramsey was on as Dr. Dillamond, he used to just really have to try not to laugh and like get the giggles. I say, what is it? He's like, it's just your face. <laughs> and I was really trying not to. I was like, what? I'm not. I'm really in it. He's like, I can. There's just something in your eyes. There's like a glint. I can't. <laughs> anyway oh my god um habit funny habit i say that i just I, what would you what did you say that i can't think of I, I, I didn't really funny habit that is the funniest one that i can think of I, that's a good one rachel said that she thinks you think that she's rather funny and rather silly and that you oh yeah but that's not a habit that's a no, personality that, i know but then that's only because i couldn't give anything but I, do you know what I love about Rachel as well is that we egg each other on as far as the kind of, like we went on stage at the drive-in over COVID and we're going, mum's allowed. Like we just, are mum's allowed. We are mum's allowed. Come see mum's allowed in the house. Just we egg each other on to just be oh silly and have fun and not take ourselves seriously. That's, and that's what I love. And also... The answer yeah. I forgot to say. We really don't take each other and ourselves seriously, especially when we're together. And I think that's why we love working together as well, mm. because mm. we're we're not clashing. We're both going, yeah, this is what we want. 
in fact, I'm the one that'd be like, let's do this because this is like that that's safe. And she's like, nah, let's do this because this would be funny and this would be out of the ordinary. And I'm like, yeah, that was she said. Yeah. <laughs> but the sneeze thing is is yeah, is a thing. Just reminding me of the sneeze thing. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Louise, what does Rachel think is the one role that you would still like to play? Oh. Oh. I still what that I still that I could play now. Yeah, or that you'd still sort of have on the wish list. What what would you still like to do? Um oh, oh. if I'm if I'm thinking like old school, something that years ago I would have been like, I just really want to do that and now my time is gone, it would probably be Fontaine in Les Mis. Nearly said that. Did you? Nearly um, but, you know, uh, uh, can you give me a clue? Like, as far as is it something more modern? Yes. Would it be Jenna? Yeah. We, we, yeah. That was a that, yeah. That definitely. That's one that I'd, I'm like. I'm not too old for that. I could still no. do that shit. But yeah, I'm just a massive like, Sarah Bareilles fan for a start. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, that role. You know what I love the fact that you know we you know that we both would love to play that role, and we both can say, oh, wouldn't that be lo- wouldn't that be yeah. brilliant? That wouldn't that be great? And you know, and it's all right, okay, so maybe it hasn't come our way. But like William, like you said, it doesn't mean to say we couldn't. We couldn't. Yeah. yeah. And it's really interesting because I've especially since the whole Alpha Berglinda thing, I don't ever think of a role as or rather if I were to cast it that there's a type. Yeah. I look at what I'm like, that person would be great for that, not because they're similar to the last person that played it, this because I know them as a as an actor, and I think, God, you would deliver something beautiful with that. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah I wish it was a, I wish it was a bit more like that in, yeah. in the industry. But okay, final question. So, what are the three words that Rachel thinks you would use to describe her? Trustworthy, hilarious, honest. I mean, they, they could be used. They could be equivalent. What did of- you say? Rachel says generous, fun, and caring. Yeah, so hilarious, fun, caring. Yeah. I like tr- I just trust yeah, Tucker totally, totally. And, and she's always yeah. honest and she'll always tell me exactly how it is and what she thinks and yeah, yeah you're all those things as well listen the list is longer than three no, no, for a million years so I'm afraid on this game of Mr and Mrs there's no cuddly toy there's no car there's no holiday I'm afraid you haven't won anything I'm sorry but we still we love, love each, each other, other and that is what is important <laughs> Well, this time has gone so fast, like, and I'm not oh. even joking. I wish I could show you the questions I asked. I've asked about three of them, so we could literally... <laughs> oh, sorry. Really have you? I'm sorry. No, don't apologise. It's better than when you're like, yes, no. It's like, cool, this is a great podcast, hearing you give one word answers. Not but with us. I adore you both so much. Thank you so much for giving me your time today. I know we've all got to go put Louise's album on, so I'm very conscious that we are past the bedtime. Yeah, that'll but... send you off. <laughs> send you off to sleep. Wipe that on. I know, and... I mean, that's that's the one album you can say, listen to this, it's going to put this will send you right off to sleep. It works a treat. Two songs in, you'll be flat out. <laughs> but Truckman, that's going to be my new one. Uh-huh. Truckman Construction, how can I help you? Louise, that needs to be on our next show. <laughs> Truckman Construction. Yes, Truckman Construction, how can I help you? Really hard hats hard. on. Sorry, that's Will, hard. we've gone off on a tangent now with yellow hard hats that and Truckman Construction. Oh, my God, that's too funny. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go from here. I'm not sure how to say thank you or goodbye in a way that feels like it works. But um, uh, Thank you so much, William. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And I will be taking 20% of Truckman, so my age is yes! calling you. <laughs> You're joining the team. <laughs> William, thank you. Honestly, you're dreamed. Thank you, darling. Thank you.
I just want it to end on you giving me a compliment because then I can cut that play cut that. that. I just thought you were going to keep going with the with the compliments. So I was keep like, going. beautiful, <laughs> humble, that wonderful, beautiful, humble <laughs> person. This podcast is is the best. Absolutely. Yeah, we're still on record. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, we and, got that. Um, <laughs> we haven't done any for anyone else together. Fact. Mm-hmm. We actually haven't. But no, I, I joke. Let me turn this off for a second. <laughs> You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via our official social channels. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.